This podcast is made possible by the generous contributions from listeners just like you. If you have the means and you'd like to contribute, click on the link in the show description to go to my supporter page. Once you're there, it's completely up to you how much you'd like to give. There's no minimum and no maximum and no ongoing charges. Enjoy this episode and thanks for listening to The Saturday Quiz. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hi there. Welcome to the first episode of the fifth season of The Saturday Quiz. My name's John Leary and I am so excited to share another year of quizzes with you. In case this is your first time listening to this podcast, let me tell you this. My job on this show is to ask the 10 questions from the quiz in The Saturday Paper and try and get my guests to come up with the correct answers. This week, those guests come from the world of musical theatre. And not just any musical theatre. I'm talking about proper Laurence Olivier award-winning musical theatre. Groundhog Day the Musical has just opened in Melbourne. So, joining me today is the composer and lyricist, as well as the leading man and star of the West End, Broadway and now Australian productions. Welcome to the show, Tim Minchin and Andy Carl. Hey! Hello, how are Thank you? Thank you for joining me, you two. Well, it's a pleasure. <laughs> well, that was sort of a, a sad high, didn't we? we were just two hey. tired people. <laughs> Tim just had three shows. I've been doing previews all week, and we're both, hey, how you doing? Yeah, yeah. So it is, I mean, it's early in the morning for us, the morning after shows that you've both been doing. Tim, what have you been doing? I'm, I'm in Brisbane. I'm doing my unfunny tour. Uh, just sort of stumbles on and on. Excellent. It's sort of two hours of just me on stage um and that might sound like hell to a lot of people but it's, it's going well but yeah it does it takes it out of you I'm yeah sure. I, I should be more hardy maybe i'm not quite gig fit because i haven't been regularly gigging over the last couple of years andy's bulletproof but i'm I, I always sort of feel like i need a month off just vocally but yeah i'm good it's really really yeah. fun brisbane's cool nice yeah and I, I i caught tim's show in london six months ago uh it is truly brilliant the virtuosity he has but also just the jazz riffs you do i had somebody who knows how to play the piano was sitting next to me going i don't know how he's going to get back how's he going to musically get back to the the line that he's playing and they were they were mystified and it, that's it's a, it's a night of uh being mystified by tim minchin so go see it wow yeah good and go see groundhog day right yes. first see that and then see tim or vice For versa sure. oh, i think probably yeah. if you have to choose see groundhog day it's really good <laughs> i got to see the first preview last week first previews usually can be pretty ropey and often the show stops and usually the thing for me as as a composer is the sound's never quite there yet I was just completely blown away by preview number one fantastic Groundhog Day even though we are in the past recording this podcast this episode will come out on Saturday so you have in fact already opened 
according to uh, and it went really well this podcast yeah, and it went well. really well five star reviews and I saw it and it was brilliant yes good <laughs> amazing I loved having you there oh thanks uh, yeah thank you for inserting that little joke just for me um, <laughs> now beginning this uh, podcast I usually ask my guests if they have a favourite piece of trivia do either of you have a favourite piece of trivia God, that's the sort of thing you, uh, I'd want a heads up on. I know, I should um, have given you uh, notice on that on that I, one. I don't know anything. Well, what about this? I'll ask you a little bit of uh, Groundhog Day related trivia. Mm. Oh, we, Actually, we should say that Groundhog Day, the actual Groundhog Day, not not the musical, but... Is yesterday. Is, yeah, it was yesterday. It was Friday, February the 2nd. Mm-hmm. Mm. So that's... Uh, I mean, I'm sure the presenters or producers of the musical was conscious we were of meant that. To, we were meant to open on Groundhog Day, but I booked a gig. Cause it's, it's a couple, here's a couple of little bits of trivia about that. One is that Groundhog Day has been put together faster than... You know, usually when you've got a musical coming into Melbourne, it's years in the planning for various mm. reasons. We didn't know whether this season was happening till... What was it, Andy? Like late September or something yeah. mad? So we, oh we pressed go, cast it, rehearsed it, and teched it in. And it's, I mean, it's amazing and testament to our industry and our work, you know, Australian work ethic and stuff. But because it was so late, this like, oh, and we can open on Groundhog Day. I was like, yeah, I have a gig. <laughs> and obviously, although it's, I'm not the star of the musical and it's all about Andy, actually. It's the most yeah, extraordinary. I made it. I made it to it's Groundhog the most Day. virtuous. Where are you? virtuosic <laughs> performance so you have to see it but um yeah so they shifted the whole thing to the first the other little bit of trivia about second uh, the february 2nd is uh, rita has this recurring diary entry and i mean i can bang on about the themes of groundhog day but rita of course although the day repeats rita's life is different every time the day repeats because apart from anything else she's so influenced by this asshole weatherman who she has to look after and his behavior but every every time she writes a diary it starts with february 2nd first remote broadcast ghd in punks pa which is you you know that means groundhog day in punks Tawny, pennsylvania mm-hmm. uh, but i the original lyric was second of the second first remote broadcast mm. because I love playing with that like second of the second first sort of plays into yeah. all this stuff about numbers and seconds ticking by and all this but um, I was told that Americans don't really say second of the second yeah, so it's no. yeah right February no. there you go there's some trivia for nerds <laughs> yeah good we don't know how to spell February but we like hearing it said <laughs> February. <laughs> February it'll end up on that, that little bit of trivia will end up on the cutting room floor of this podcast? Not, <laughs> Not at all. Podcast. That's in. That's Definitely. That's in. Okay, can great. I, good. I feel good. Can I add another little bit of Groundhog Day trivia? Or I'll pose it as a question. The European precursor version of Groundhog Day mm-hmm. is referred to in the source material for another smash hit musical. Do you know what that is? Oh, what was the European... So it's the called Winter... Festive something. Yeah, it's a, it's I didn't uh, know this. on candle Candlemas, which oh, is Candlemas, the, the, yeah. the Christian um, candle day, I guess, which replaced a kind of more pagan celebration, which mm-hmm. was again it was a, a, about an animal that comes out of hibernation. So in various different countries, it was a bear or a badger or whatever, and it became a groundhog in Pennsylvania thanks to the Dutch, but it was talked about as the as bear day or candle mass and i'll do the quote this is from a book 
uh, written in, what was it, 18 something? This is the quote. The 2nd of February, that ancient Candlemas day whose treacherous sun, the precursor of six weeks of cold, let it gleam or let it glimmer, the bear goes back into his cave. That is from which novel which became a smash hit musical? Hmm. I don't know. Frickin' La Miserable? Yeah, La Miserable is the right answer. Very well done. Wow. I'm one point up. (laughs) That's not part of the actual quiz. I'm counting it. Well, all right, you can count it. You can count it. Wow, that's amazing. And I didn't know that. I knew that that it had come from Europe and I knew that the, the Pennsylvania was colonised by Dutch people and stuff, but I didn't know that 2nd of February has always been mm. the date. What, what is that? Is yeah. that a, it's not a solstice, though. I mean, the solstice is Christmas oh, time. Oh, no, yeah, good good point. It is a midpoint between the solstices. Solstice. Solstice, mm. <laughs> sure. Uh, so it is, yeah, it's like Six the... weeks prior, obviously. Yeah. Right, oh. There you yeah, go. See, that's obvious to you, but thanks for clarifying. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's get into the real quiz. Here we go. Question number one. Oh, shit. What is the only element beginning with the letter U? Uranium. How's your knowledge of the periodic table? Oh, did you just say it? Well, say uranium, huh? Isn't it yeah. uranium? Yeah, correct. Oh, Very I, didn't well hear, done. I didn't hear him say that just to, I want to say No, that. I just saw his okay. lips move. But, yeah. uh, Me-ranium. Me- uranium. <laughs> yeah. Olanium. There are... Four letters of the alphabet which begin only one element. Okay. Do you know what those uh, other four letters might be? Is there only one O? No, there's several O's. That are not. There are four letters that are not the beginnings, is how we say. The, four letters the, that only have one. Only represented once in I mean, the periodic know. table. Is there an X? What's X? There oh, is no. one X. Let me tell you, there is Xenon, which is X. Xenon, that's it. Vanadium. Oh, yeah, I love that one. Which is I V. Wear and K. Do you know what the K... Oh, isn't it something that's not a K thing? Isn't K no, potassium is. or something? The, potassium, yeah. the, this it is a K. The, yeah. Kryptonite. It is Krypton. Uh, yeah. Krypton. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, with a K. Yeah. Crazy with a K. <laughs> crazy with a K. The comedy K. <laughs> crazy Krypton. Comedy Krypton. All right. Question number two. Very well done. You got that very quickly. Question number two. Got to be there... 1972 is the debut solo album of which singer-songwriter who was 13 years old at the time of its release? 13-year-old singer. Mm. Got to be there. What year? 1972, they were 13. Got to be there. Michael Jackson? It was Michael Jackson. Oh, it is Michael. I I thought he was with the the Jackson 5. He was still with the Jackson 5 at that point. But yeah, he started his solo career in 1972 wow. with Got To Be There uh, but he remained uh, part of the family band for several years while pursuing a solo career is that when the jealousy started right then when he his debut album oh yeah. no I think it was it was already Pre-day already happening okay yeah because actually they'd only the Jackson 5 had only really broken in like the year previous so right. oh wow so right away so he immediately yeah. T- mm. Tim were you in a band and then broke out and did solo stuff I, I don't know if early, were you early days in a band I'm more like uh, one of my favourite Ben Folds lyrics is um, grew, a mu- mu- grew a moustache and a mullet got a job at Chick-fil-A citing artistic differences the band broke up in May and in June reformed without me and they got a different name 
it's so good that was more like me i would sort of like be in bands and note and people no i i always just had uh, bands with my brother and then eventually he he was going to do other stuff and i left perth and i never really found another sort of band soulmate after my brother mm. you got a bit jazz anyway like a little bit soloist situation yeah yeah i i feel lucky because i've i've got such a nice life and and in that way i'm like michael jackson i'm just a story of how fame at a young age can just not affect you at all yeah yeah (laughs) yeah exactly no effect whatsoever or lack of fame yeah (laughs) yeah i was quite affected by lack of fame yeah (laughs) what about you andy were you part of a family band or any bands growing up no no i was not when I, well, I, I tried once, and I, I remember singing with some in some basement with some friends who were like, oh, you can sing, great. Um, so we tried. We're singing like covers of uh, Smoke on the Water and you know, things that I just couldn't connect to. So I, I, I don't know. I was never, I've never felt much of a band leader in that way. But now I certainly do. I'm given a mic during a certain part of the show, and uh-huh. I just I sort of go into full rock star moment that is completely in my own head. I'm it is my is definitely one of my favorite moments of the show. Well, and and the, the moment when we realized that it was completely practically consistent with the story that you'd have a mic in your hand at that point mm-hmm. was a moment of great joy. Yeah. As a news reporter and a rock yeah. star. and a rock star. <laughs> yeah, and right, someone, that confluence. Yeah, someone of, facing a, yeah. a repeating day and contemplating his own yeah. death that's a yeah. that's the full yeah. circle of being a band leader right yeah. there I, I didn't have that when i was a kid i didn't have the contemplating death part yet no right <laughs> that's probably a good thing but now i'm much older and it comes naturally daily probably answering questions to a to a quiz of things that i don't know makes you contemplate death yeah i have a i'm doing fingers to my head right now in the shape of a gun we we should probably talk about the way that you've made a bit of a habit or specialty of playing in musical versions of movies mm-hmm. yeah it's that's uh, a forte that's, <laughs> yeah that's your stock and trade you you were rocky yep. in the uh, musical version of rocky you have also appeared in legally blonde pretty woman and i'm led to believe you made your broadway debut in saturday night fever i did yeah I met yeah. my wife there, as a matter of fact, so it all started. Oh, wow. There. What's really fantastic about uh, these genres of movies being made into musicals is that they were so accessible. I knew the movie so well, so therefore I could, I knew the tone of things. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what has, what I've grown into and what I, I appreciate so much about Groundhog Day is that it's an elevation of the original source material. It's, I, I don't know how Tim and, and Matthew are, are, director and Danny Rubin who's our, our book writer how they tapped into a sort of an evolution of Groundhog Day and and being able to express it in a way that's like a comedic and heartfelt and emotional and uh, that I that's why I'm sticking around so long doing the show for the past eight years because it I, every Excellent. night is a, is a truly deep dive into humanity so uh, but wow. come see it and get a few laughs yeah have you counted out how many Groundhog no. Days you've no. done? No. You don't want to? I don't want to know. Because <laughs> th- then I'll start contemplating death, as I do now in my yeah. late 40s. Amazing. Amazing. All right. Question number three. What is the largest country on Earth? Asia. Russia. Did you both say it? Yeah. Country, yeah. Uh, Russia. I, I said Asia, but I meant Russia. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, I, between us, we got it right. Yeah, sure. Russia is the largest country on Earth. It clocks in at about 17 million square kilometres. Do you know that what comes next in terms of countries? Um, Russia, then Canada. Correct. Then North America. Kazakhstan. America. Uh, no. Kazakhstan, North, really? North, North America, Australia. No, you, it's countries, not... Um, you, you've switched America. over to... Uh, America 3. North right? America is a country. Oh, no. America is no, a country. No, North America is not a United country. States, Canada United Canada States of America. Yeah, so you've got Russia, Canada at just under a tick... Uh, just a tick under 10 million square kilometres. Then China, China. is ahead of the US, but they're, they're very close. They're both roughly 9.5 million square k's then it's brazil then it's australia yeah and then the next biggest area of land this is weird which is not it's not actually a country but the next biggest area of land is the australian antarctic territory wow which is nearly six million square kilometers wow isn't that crazy go australia yeah Yeah. Yeah, we're taking over the world from the bottom up (laughs) yeah (laughs) (laughs) slowly slowly Question number four. The Cullinan, Orlov, Sansi, and Heart of Eternity are all famous what? Have you heard diamonds. of any of those? Yeah, diamonds is the right answer. Wow. Very well done. Good answer. Which one gave it away? The last one, because it Eternity. reminded me of the Titanic thing. The heart, well, yeah, not, nice, uh, nice pick up there. The Heart of Eternity is a real diamond, and it kind of inspired the heart-shaped uh, pendant that that is worn in the movie Titanic. But that is the youngest diamond among the list, being first displayed in the year 2000 at the Millennium Dome in London, where it was the target of a foiled robbery. Right. These, uh, this bunch of diamond thieves were going to smash in and steal all the diamonds and get away on a speedboat on the Thames. And where, where did it go wrong? Did a, did a sort of curmudgeonly old cop with a, a rookie cop that he didn't really want to work with? Yeah, he was this close to retirement. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it, it was a, a bunch of robbers uh, and they'd, they'd been yeah. doing some other kind of smash and grabs and so they Heist. were under surveillance. So well, it didn't happen. a bit boring, yeah. I know, it, you kind of want it to happen, don't you? You want someone to at least have a crack, yeah. Mm. All right, staying in London, here we go. Question number five. First published in London in 1858, what textbook is based on dissections performed on bodies from workhouse and hospital mortuaries? Dissections. I reckon I know this one. You know this one? Andy, I suspect it's the name of a very long-running TV show as well mm-hmm. as the name yeah. of an anatomy textbook. That is exactly right. Different spelling, but yes. Grey's. Grace. It is. Grey's Anatomy. Yeah. Here's something really yes. cool is the, the guy, um, James McNamara, who's a Perth guy who wrote this new Disney Plus show, The Artful Dodger, oh, yes. which re- reimagines Jack Dawkins as a, as a surgeon in the colonies. Which you are in. Which I'm in, yes, that's yes. the main point. Uh, it's yes. very, very good, actually. I, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a small enough role that I, I can't ruin it. Um, <laughs> James, who, who wrote that who's the showrunner who's who created that show he he i think did his phd at oxford or something but his thesis was in vivisection in in that sort of era in the mid 19th century 
in the development of surgery, specifically, actually, his thesis was about how contemporary vivisection, like not, not just dissecting workhouse bodies, but sometimes opening up living people, influenced literature of the time and like John Donne and stuff because they oh, yeah. actually believed that the soul was a physical thing and they were kind of looking for it. They were like, where's the soul going to mm. be? Like, we haven't found the soul yet. And yeah, that wow. changed the, the metaphysicists and the, and the literature of the time was influenced by vivisection. So it's a very, very discreet um, thesis. But isn't that amazing that that was yeah. a specialty and he went, went and wrote a hit TV show? That's very cool. So cool. On mm. that note, we're going to take a little break. We'll be right back. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. You're listening to the Saturday Quiz. I'm joined today by Tim Minchin and Andy Carl, and we are up to question number six. Globophobia is an irrational fear of, and this is a multiple choice, but do you know the answer already? Do you need the options? Or, or I just might can't, you know? I, I don't know. I can't think. If you're just looking, I'm looking for I words a, with glot. Yes, but uh, would love the, the what's, uh, multiple. What's, yeah. what's your guess? Go I on. Have a G- guess give first, us your guess. Fear of traveling. Fear of. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, right. Oh, like glot. That is not, yeah, not one of the options. That's, that's good. <laughs> I was thinking the only thing I can think of with glot is glottal. Um, oh, it's yeah, like little... maybe swallowing or choking oh, or something. Choking. Yeah, fear of choking. I have yeah. a fear of choking, but um, neither of those are options. Okay, great. Let me well, give you. <laughs> let F-U me give you the options. Globa, globa. Is it a a fear of amphibians? B a fear of balloons? Or C a fear of clowns? It's balloons. It's the Malvers thing. It is balloons. balloons. Mm. Yeah, it is a fear of balloons. Globo, kind of ball. uh, So, Andy, you were right. You you went for globe. Mm. I went for the the, the sphere. Halfway there, but completely wrong because, I mean, there are... There are earth-shaped balloons, I suppose. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I have a fear of... uh, Yes, adults dressed fear? adults dressed as babies. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what you do call that. Do you have a that. fear of that, or do you just judge it in I, a kind both? Of, I don't like you know. being near them. I, I I had one come in as a a birthday gram, come with a big baby bottle and oh, you know, no. acting like a child and singing happy birthday. And I wanted to crawl into the corner and crawl. You wanted to crawl because you wanted to be an adult baby. <laughs> Oh, it's no? okay. Maybe it's no, a fear no. of the feelings it stirs up more than Perhaps. Anything. Maybe it's a yeah, fear let's, of. Let's talk about your mother, shall we? <laughs> let's, let's talk about her. The other fear is uh, people dressed up in Victorian outfits singing Christmas carols while you're eating. It's, I get very nervous. When I went and saw Christmas Carol, which is another uh, show here in Melbourne, I, sometimes I get a little nervous when they come too close. You were in a cold sweat just sitting in your chair? just <laughs> Yeah. And they're singing Christmas carols. Wow. So a Christmas carol singing Victorian baby, adult baby. <laughs> is your, is would the height of your would be no I'd cancel out, actually. Yeah. I'd, I'd probably love it. Yeah. Do you have actually, some fears, Tim Minchin? 
No. No? I'm not too bad. I don't... I'm scared of children near high things and... Um, oh, yeah. I, I, the things that make me anxious, but I think they're very logical, is like when you're going on a clifftop walk and there's kids around. Like, oh, the irrationality yeah. is that they're suddenly going to pelt towards you. Yeah, edge. yeah. And the other one is choking. I, I, I really... Well, you do, actually. I, I, my kids that. know that, like, a catchphrase is, uh, I say, choo-choo-choo, when the kids were little. I'm like... So and that, the, and yeah, it's logical because right. it happens quite a lot. And mm-hmm. I, I, I choke on food quite a lot. I'm a bit... Another odd universal thing happening is that I just got a note from Matthew Orchis, who I was speaking to this morning, uh, our director of Groundhog Day, uh, to add... Oh, uh, about the choking, man. About the choking. One of one of our guys chokes in the, in the show, and I, I save him as Phil Connors. And uh, I have to add a line saying, chew, try chewing. Chew, chew, yeah. chew. Could, it's all, it's you all chew, chew. chew, chew, chew. That's actually good. I'm going to mention it. Let me tell you that the, the fear of amphibians is called batrachophobia. So batrachos is Greek for frogs and do you know what the fear of clowns is called um uh ronald mcdonald <laughs> no it is called cholrophobia c-o-u-l-r-o phobia but cholro actually means stilt walker ah uh, yeah. the good old days when clowns used to get around still above stilts. us all yeah, yeah looking down don't see much of that anymore no. <laughs> Not enough. <laughs> Not enough stilt walking. All right. Yeah. Question number seven. The Rohingya people, a persecuted and mainly Muslim ethnic group, are predominantly from which country? China. No, not China. Not China. Oh, no, that's the that's other. That's the Uyghurs. Cats. The Uyghurs. Um, yeah. I know this. Is it still an Asian country? It is an Asian country. Yes, you're correct. Where are they? They're not Thai. Oh, terrible, they're, terrible geography. They're not Vietnamese. No. Let me let me tell you this. Where they're from does unfortunately depend a little on whose perspective you take. The Rohingya themselves maintain that they're indigenous to the western coast of this country, with a heritage of over a millennium descended from people in pre-colonial Arakan is what it was named, or what the name of this part of the world was for centuries until it was changed by a military junta in 1989. Does that maybe help you? No? No. No? <laughs> yeah, okay. no. Myanmar. Yeah, the, Myanmar co- on is, the coast. is the right answer. Oh, Myanmar. Oh, okay. Yeah. So in 1989... So what's the it, dominant... Uh, I don't know anything about that. It, it was known as Burma. Um, Burma. Mm. Uh, and, and there weren't many... What what is the sort of majority? Well, it, what are Burmese people? What? Well, this, this is the thing: the Burmese law, or at the time, uh, d- did not and does not consider the Rohingyas as part of the um, legally recognised ethnic groups of the country, thus denying them Myanmar citizenship. The official claim Holy of shit. the government of Myanmar is that the Rohingya people are the citizens of Bangladesh. However, the government of Bangladesh does not recognise this claim, thus leaving the Rohingya people stateless. Hmm. So, so yeah. interesting. Nomadic is and not being able to... Yeah, but uh, not even like nomadic. Not like protected. They're just, just stateless. Just stateless. It's interesting. Very it's another situation. example of where religion and ethnicity and cultural group are all... You know, we, there, there's uh, other 
more hot topic groups. <laughs> And, yeah. and whether you define them as a religious group or an ethnic group or a cultural group depends on what bias you want to put on it mm. to justify what you what you believe. Like yeah. Your your lens is is best served by a particular designation, you know. Yeah, precisely. All right, moving right along. Question number eight. AFLW star Monique Conti. This is for you, Andy. Yeah, yeah this is for, for the American. This is the, for the American. He's already lost just with Do you AFL know what w. AFLW is? No. No? Okay. American football <laughs> winners. <laughs> it is the Australian Football League, football league. Yeah. women's uh, star okay. Monique Conti plays which other sport at an elite level? Well, so are we talking about an Australian sport or a something else. This, this is not a, an Australian specific, specific sport. sport yeah um, so, so she um, currently plays Australian rules football for the Richmond Tigers and she won the league's best and fairest award last year but she also plays so Andy uh, for is a winter sport so it, it's perfectly possible she could play soccer or something but uh, you'd, you'd guess at a summer sport so she can rotate through so it, could be cricket or it's a very different game or it could be almost it would be athletics or something but mm. I, i'm gonna say it is a team sport i'll give you i'll give you that okay, clue so it's not like or netball shit i mean yeah basketball yeah well andy andy you got it correct yes it's Wait, basketball is basketball. netball is what you call basketball here no netball no, netball's is an, a different another sport. sport entirely do you not have okay. netball yeah uh, you have netball in in the states just not a, not nearly as popular as, as no, obviously uh, not. basketball, and do you know do you know this Tim? This is a weird fact about netball, but I think netball was invented by someone misinterpreting the rules of basketball. Right. You know, they got just a, a fact sheet, a I guess, of, of the uh, right. the rules of basketball, and they created a whole new sport. Out of ignorance comes brilliance. I <laughs> True. Yeah. Monique Conti, uh, she yes, yeah, she plays for the Richmond Tigers at the moment. In 2020, thanks to the condensed seasons in place for both sports as a result of the COVID-19 pandemic, she was able to complete the full commitments of both the WNBL and AFL women's seasons when she played for the Southside Flyers, but she has now returned this season to the team she started her basketball career with, the Melbourne Boomers. That's astonishing. Amazing. What it, what a feat. Isn't it? I mean two what? professional yeah. sports. That's I, yeah. absolutely. I mean, there are it, a few there are a few Americans who have done that. They play baseball and they also play uh, some football and, and yeah. things like that. But, but at the same time at at, a, at such a high level. Yeah. No. Yeah. No. That's amazing. All right. Question number 9. Name the senator who is suing her former employee Brittany Higgins and Higgins's fiance David Shiraz for defamation and there's a bonus point for naming the state the senator represents another one for you andy um an australian senator yep uh, uh siri can you <laughs> <laughs> this is um this is embarrassing for me because i have just completely stopped reading the news over the last couple of months as a sort of experiment so i don't actually know the answer to this so, do you know who Brittany Higgins... I know the, I know the you case, know that story? yeah. And I know the guy who's 
suing her, mm-hmm. but I've forgotten his name as well. But he's not a senator, is he? The guy who no, she actually he, accused. he's not. This is a, a side case. That yeah, that's um, uh, what's his name? What's Lerman. His name? Lerman, yeah. Yeah. So so who's who would she be suing? He's suing her for defamation. He's also su- suing her, and oh no, no, he's not suing her. He he's suing. Uh, what is it? Channel Ten and oh, um, and Lisa and Lisa Wilkinson for defamation, and Brittany was a witness in that defamation case. Yes, and all related to that same situation. Yeah. Brittany Higgins and David Shiraz are being sued for defamation, or this senator is pursuing Higgins and Shiraz for damages over several social media posts she claims were defamatory of her. I'm just happy that the legal system is as convoluted and manipulated as America. Yeah. 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 I'm so glad Um, you guys have it, have it good too. mm. I'm so sorry. I'm, I'm embarrassed. I don't know this. That's all right. Her name, shall I just give it to you? Mm -hmm. Is Linda Reynolds. Oh, no, I didn't. Does that ring any bell? No, I didn't even know that. No? That's a relief. So it, it, um, the, you know the uh, alleged sexual assault happened in her office uh, in uh, Parliament right. House or is alleged yeah. to have happened in mm. her office and the bonus point was for naming which state she represents so you can just pick one Tim Minchin pick one and probably pick the state <laughs> of your youth West Australia. Western Australia is the correct answer. Very well done. Ding, ding. So you got the bonus point, but you did not get the first point. But that's all right. We're not keeping score anyway. Thank God. But we are up to the final question, the last question of the quiz. Question number 10. What type of contents do XLS files contain? Or .XLS files? XLS. Oh... What are they? What 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 opens when you click on those? XLS. It's not video, is it? Is it... No. Andy, this uh, you not knowing this shows that it's been a long time since you uh, worked in an office. You're, yeah. you're too successful as a yeah. as a triple threat, baby. Yeah. Um, I have never had a proper job, but I know this one. You know this oh, one because you... well, what it's an Excel it? spreadsheet. Isn't yeah, it? it's spreadsheets. So XLS files are spreadsheet files. I have files. to be able to open them to see how much uh, money Groundhog Day is losing. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, most of it's going to me, so. Yeah, that's right. Let Big me tell stars, you this. Man. Hungarian-born American software executive Charles Simonyi led the oh, development Simonyi. of the widely used software application when he worked for Microsoft in the early 80s. Do you know what he's done well? relatively recently collected a lot of money he is very much a billionaire and uh, he's used his billions of dollars to do what give us a clue did he do something evil or something good well he did something I guess it's neither really evil or, or good uh, but Come it's on, Johnny, you have to make a moral judgment about <laughs> everything. You have to have a strong give money to the Burmese Muslims. Or no, he didn't. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> he's not sponsoring the Rohingya people. Uh, <laughs> he's frittering it away on himself, on, on things that he enjoys doing. Uh, climbing Mount Everest? No. Oh, you're close. Go a little bit further. Uh, uh, up in a balloon. Go even up in further. A balloon. Space 
space. Yeah. There you go. He became the first repeat space tourist after taking two trips to the International Space Station, one in 2007 and the other in 2009. Billionaires in space. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's got both trips neatly laid out. In, in, a, in his uh, a document. <laughs> yeah, he probably does. <laughs> He's got an A column that says, go to space. And then the second column is YN, and he's got a Y next to it. And then the next one down is, go to space again, and he's got a Y next to that now. He's got a third one that's an N. Yes, yeah, not yet. He's got yeah. both of them, NY. Yeah. And then the amazing thing is he just clicks a button, and it calculates how many times he's been to space. He doesn't have to do it himself. <laughs> Tim mentioned Andy Carl, thank you both so much for coming on and doing the quiz. I uh, I hope you had a good time. Yeah, that was fun. Yeah, not knowing things and then finding out and, and learning things. Yes, well, that's that's what we're. That's here like for. life, man. That's yeah, like yeah. Groundhog Day. That's brought it back to the theme. Excellent. That has very nicely brought us back to Groundhog Day, which is playing right now in Melbourne, only in Melbourne for thirteen weeks. Yeah, that is correct. Amazing. And um, thanks for coming to opening. Yeah, my absolute pleasure. I it enjoyed was it so immensely. Fun. Best of luck. Break legs. Thank, Thank you, Johnny. For, for the rest of the Thank run you, and for your shows. Tim Minchin, what's it called? Unfunny, not funny. An unfunny evening with Tim Minchin and his piano, Excellent. which people think is a funny title for a funny show. And the show is sort of funny, but it's not. It's not. Uh, it's not really comedy. It's not all. all I don't games. know. I don't know what's comedy anymore. <laughs> what's comedy? Groundhog Day, part of it, at least. You'll laugh and you'll cry. Yes, I did. <laughs> All right, thanks, guys. That was excellent. Bye, Johnny. I hope you enjoyed listening to this episode of the Saturday Quiz. Thank you to my guests this week, Tim Minchin and Andy Carl. If you are in Melbourne and can get your hands on tickets to Groundhog Day, I quite simply cannot recommend it highly enough. I did indeed get to see it on opening night, and it was spectacular. Tim's songs are wonderful and Andy's performance is a tour de force. The questions in this quiz are written by Cindy McDonald for The Saturday Paper and I am incredibly grateful that she supplies me with them each and every week. If you enjoyed this episode, please rate, review and subscribe wherever you listen. This episode was recorded on the lands of the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation with Tim calling in from the lands of the Turrbal and Yagura people. I pay my respects to their elders past and present and acknowledge their traditions of sharing knowledge and stories for millennia on this land. My name's John Leary and I'll have more questions for you same time next week. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.